What's up, ASM? Guys, I am so glad to be with you. This passage that we are in is John chapter 20. This is the second to last chapter of John. We are nearing the end of our study here. We have just one more week left, and that'll be with Mitchell. But if you have not done this, I'm going to give you two instructions, actually. So first, if you have not read John chapter 20 right here, grab a Bible or get get it on your phone. Pause this video. Take some time to read it. I also want to ask you to do something participatory. You get to join in and do this. Uh, write down. This is very simple. Maybe you've heard this before uh, or, or been given this challenge, but it's simple. Just what is the gospel? Answer that question. Write it down. Actually write it on a piece of paper or type it on the notes app on your phone, whichever works. Pause this video. Take a minute or two. Write that down. Read chapter 20 and then come back. All right. Awesome. So now that you've done that, save that note. Remember this passage uh, or this chapter, and and we're going to come back to that in a little bit. But we're in John 20. Our question is, what is the gospel? Why does the resurrection matter, right? You've read this. You know this story is about Jesus' return from the dead. He defeats death. Why does the resurrection matter? And and also in this chapter, it's it's worth noting, we see verses, uh, chapter 20, verses 30 and 31. This is the entire theme of why we study John. What is the purpose of John? It says here in verses 30 and 31 that Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, right? They're not recorded in John. But these, the things that are recorded, are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. And so it would be at fault for me not to bring that up as we start and as we talk about this. And our question again here is, with this text, why does the resurrection matter? Why does Jesus coming back from the dead matter? And those verses actually give us a glimpse of the answer, but this whole story really does. So be pondering, be questioning that. Why does the resurrection matter? And in short, This is what is different for us. If we are followers of Jesus, this is what is different. This is what changes everything is the resurrection. All right, so let's go ahead. Let's go back to the very beginning of this chapter. Let's talk about what is happening. So in verses one and two, we see very quickly, we're going to read it. Uh, early on in the first day of the week, Jesus has already been crucified. He was hung on the cross. He's dead. He's buried, right? So we're talking about right after. So early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb where Jesus was buried and saw that the stone had been moved from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple. By the way, the other disciple is John, the author of this book, right? The other disciple, the one Jesus loved and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. Mary is frantic. She's panicked. She, she's just in a flurry because her Lord, her Jesus, who has just died a few days earlier, she had gone to go and treat the body, to, to see the body, to pay her respects. And it's not there. The body is missing. Jesus is missing. He's already died. And now she can't even do what little she really wants to do out of service to her Lord. She can't do. And so she is in a a frantic panic, right? Now, the next part, this is a total freebie. This is actually part of my favorite 
verses uh, in the entire Bible. Uh, and it is totally summarized by the fact that John is a faster runner than Peter. So you remember I said the other disciple or the disciple who Jesus loved is known as John. John is the author of this book. So he wrote this. We're going to read verses three and four. John wrote this. The other disciple wrote this. So Peter and the other disciple, right? Mary went and told them. Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running But the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. We believe that the Bible is inspired by God. This is God's word. This is recorded as some of the most important text in all of human history, especially within this chapter. And it is really important that you know that John is a faster runner than Peter. And it's not enough that he says it one time. He says it again in verse 8. He says, finally, the other disciple, who, by the way, reached the tomb first, also went inside, he saw and believed. This is so silly. I don't actually believe that John is trying to puff up his ego, but in this huge, very consequential, very important story for us, we see John is faster than Peter. So if you take one thing home, just remember, John is a faster runner than Peter. That's very important that you know that because it's written in the Bible. (laughs) To me, this is kind of like the equivalent of when you tell a story or when you're hearing someone tell a story and they just slip in something. It's not relevant to the story, really. But they slip in something that's like a total humble brag, but it's not really a humble brag. This is that. Anyway, I digress. Let's go back. So John and Peter, this is important that they did go and run to the tomb. They went to go see. It was empty, right? It's confirmed. Part of this, again, it says our, our purpose of this text is that it was written so that we may believe. And so John is giving us his account, his telling of history, uh, that we may believe. And so he's saying, look, I really saw the tomb was empty. Peter was there too. So finally, I'm going to read this large chunk, verses 11 through 18. And, it, and this is so important. The reason why I want to read it is that it is written so clearly and, and so beautifully. This is Jesus' appearance, right? Jesus has risen from the dead And this is what it says. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. Remember, she had come back with them now. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and she saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't realize it was him. It was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking that he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Then Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me. At this, she probably was at his feet holding on to him. So he said, Jesus said, do not hold on to me for I have not yet ascended to the father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I am ascending to my father and your father to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. That is Jesus' first appearance here in John 20. This is the 
resurrected Jesus. This is Jesus who had died on the cross three days earlier. And now he is back and he is alive in this resurrected and perfect body. And the first person that we see he appears to here is Mary. And so Mary is given the task to go back to the disciples and share what Jesus has told her, right? And he's told her that he's going to ascend and and that's coming uh, in in the future. But he's telling her, hey, tell them I'm back and that I'm going to return to the Father, This is so beautiful. This is so impactful. This is what changes everything for us. And this is our question again. Why does the resurrection matter? Why does it actually matter? Why do these words, those verses that I just read, why does this actually matter? And if you don't follow Jesus right now, if you're someone that you just don't identify uh, that Jesus is your king, you you don't feel that way, uh, I first want to no to you, man, I'm glad you're watching this video. Uh, you're, you're welcome here at Alderwood. You're welcome here at ASM. Uh, I hope and I encourage you to actually ask questions and challenge uh, things that I'm saying, things that you hear uh, from your family, from your friends. Uh, if you come to ASM from your small group leaders, the, the volunteers, I encourage you to ask questions and challenge what we teach. Really ask, what, what do you have problems with? What, what do you not believe? Why don't you believe that? Ask those questions. Um, and about this story in particular, I know that there can be a long list of questions you might have. I, I really strongly encourage you, ask those questions. Challenge them. But I want to do my best to briefly just offer an explanation for why I think and why I believe that the Bible, uh, God's Word, shares with us why the resurrection matters. And, and I want to go actually to First um, Corinthians. It, it's a book a little bit after John. This takes place with the Apostle Paul, who's not here yet in this story. But Paul is writing a letter to a church. It's in a place called Corinth. And in this letter, he actually spends an entire chapter talking about the resurrection. Uh, and let's look at one verse, verse 14 uh, out of Corinthians uh, 15. And it says, If Christ has not been raised, remember, why does the resurrection matter? Well, if Christ has not been raised, if Jesus has not been raised from the dead, then our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. He actually goes on to say that if Jesus did not come back from the dead, then Christians should actually be the most pitied among everyone that you know. They should just be pitied upon. Why? Because we— who follow Jesus, who have dedicated our lives to obeying Jesus, serving him, we're throwing it away for nothing, right? Ultimately, what Paul is saying is that everything in this book, everything in the Bible, everything that, that we teach, we preach, we learn about, we, we strive toward, we work on, everything about Jesus, God, heaven, the actual Bible itself, all of it, It all hinges on this event of the resurrection. All of it is dependent upon the fact that Jesus is not still dead, that he actually died a real death and rose again. See, this, like I said, this is what makes following Jesus different than any other religion in the world. It's the fact that he came back from the dead. So Jesus is not just 
a hero or a good teacher. Now think about, this is a silly example, but think about Captain America. I'm, I'm re-watching through uh, all of the Avengers movies with my roommate before he gets married. We have like one month left and we have probably 20 hours of movies left. But Captain America in Avengers Endgame, right? I, I remember this scene so clearly. I got chills. But when he gets to actually pick up Thor's hammer and you're like, oh, this guy, like he is Earth's last hope. He's like the universe's last hope at this time. He is like the hero that we're all rooting for. He does amazing things through all of these movies. But here, he is an awesome hero and he fights and he defends Earth and he gets help. You know, spoiler alert, people come back if you know the story of Avengers Endgame or not. But too late, spoilers. Captain America is the hero in, in this scene where he's the last one standing. He's the last defender. The thing is about Captain America, though, is he is just that. He is just a hero. That's all that he is. That's all he'll ever be. He's also mortal. You know, I know it's, it's comic book fantasy, but he is mortal. We see at the end of the movie, he comes back, and he's old, and then he dies eventually. Spoiler. Uh, but... Captain America is just a dude, right? He's a dude that got special powers and that's it. And Jesus is not like Captain America, right? We cannot think of Jesus as just a good teacher or our hero because he did some really, really cool things on earth. He worked some amazing miracles. If you've been with us through John, or I encourage you to go back and watch some of the old videos, Jesus worked a lot of miracles and signs through his life. There's a lot of things that you could look at Jesus and say, wow, that's really cool, right? That's crazy. It's literally supernatural. Those are real superpowers. Jesus is not just that though. He's not just for party tricks. He's not just for good lessons and that's all. Because what Paul says is very clear is that if that's all he was, was a good teacher and he died like a normal guy, that's it. Everything else is pointless. But the difference is that our King, our Lord, our Savior, Jesus, did not die just a human death. He actually defeated death, came back, really came back. He really was dead, and he really came back to life. That is a crazy statement if we are talking about literally anyone except for Jesus, that Jesus literally brought himself back to life. That is why we follow him is because he proved he would do what he said he did. He proved that he would be the sacrifice in our place. This is what the good news is. This is the gospel. If you remember what you wrote down for the gospel, maybe if this is you and you don't know what the gospel is, listen up. I'm going to do my best to share it very briefly. But in short, the gospel is this, is that God created everything. He is ruler over everything. He created everything. He created you and me. He created Adam and Eve. And that we have all sinned. We have all wronged God. He has set the standard for what is right. And we have decided that we know better and that we will serve ourselves, that that we will sin. That means miss the mark and do wrong against him. And so the punishment for sin is death. That is ultimately what it is. We are separated from God because of that. And there's a divide and that we deserve death. That is what it means to be a sinner, to be less than God as a sinner. But the good news 
right? All of that so far is not that great of news. This is where the good news is. The good news is that even though we are sinners, even though we do not deserve goodness or gifts from God. He loved us so much that he sent this man, Jesus. This man, Jesus, who is told about in the story of John. He's told about in other books of the, uh, of the Bible here. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, they are all called the Gospels. They're the good news. They're the life of Jesus. So Jesus' life is recorded in these books, and he lived a real human life. He was a real person. He did real things. He was God in human form that he came down not just to teach, not just to help people that got to see him, were lucky enough to see him. No, he came down with the actual goal that he could proclaim truth. He could free us. He could pay the price for our sin on the cross and free us from that penalty of death. This is not where the gospel stops, though. It does not stop that Jesus just died for us on the cross. It actually continues that he rose again and he defeated death because if Jesus just died, he was just a good man, just a good teacher. But he did not just die. He proved that he was God. He proved that he would fulfill the promises that God has made by coming back to life. He died and came back to life. And that the only way that we can share, this is one of the beautiful things now, we actually get to share in that new life with him. And it's only by believing that he really is the only way to heaven, believing that he is our king, our savior, our Lord. He loves you. He died for you. And now he lives for you. He is still alive. This is the good news. This is what we get to look forward to. And so now if this is you and you believe those things, you're sitting there, you say, yeah, I'm there. I believe all that. This is all good. Our hope, our joy, our our everything is in the fact that our Savior and our King and our God is not dead. He was not just a man. This is, again, this is what's different about us than other religions. You can point to any other world religion, all of the big ones. All of their leaders are dead and buried. You can find Muhammad's grave. It's not hard. It's actually a, a very important site to, to followers of Islam. But Jesus is not Muhammad. He was not just a prophet. He was not just a man. Our God lives. Our Jesus lives. If you're a follower of Jesus, it's a beautiful thing. In, in Philippians chapter 3, it says this, but our citizenship is in heaven. This is how we are to think about the resurrection because our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. He has come. Who, by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Right? This is our encouragement. This is our joy that our Jesus defeated death and that he lives. That the one we follow, the one we obey, he rewards us with the same thing that he accomplished himself. That this life on earth is not all there is. That when we die, that is not the end of the story. No, we have hope that there is actual actual eternal glory. That there is a heavenly 
glorious body awaiting us, like the one that he rose back in, that is what we get to look forward to, is that we will be given a new body, that the broken bodies and the brokenness of this world and the pain, the sin, the hurt of this world are not all there is. That's not the end of the story. It is Jesus. It is his life, his death, and now, most importantly, his resurrection, his return from the dead. That is what gives us hope. And it can be hard to remember all of that at certain times. It's it's easy when you are sitting here and you read it and and you're sitting with uh, a lot of your Christian friends and sitting in church, it can be easy to remember that over and over again, but it is important that we remember. It's what changes everything. That is what can give us hope and encouragement when it can feel hopeless and lost, right? Remember, why was this written? John 20 verses 30 and 31. Why was this book written? Why are these things recorded? There were many other things that were performed, many other signs in the presence of his disciples. Jesus did a lot, but they're not recorded in this book. What is recorded, but these are written, that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. Why is this written? Why does the resurrection matter? It's so that we may have life in his name. So our role, our purpose, is determined by the resurrection. We can encourage one another by reminding each other of the resurrection. Sometimes, literally, uh, it's good to talk about this. It's really good, actually, because it helps keep it on your mind. But we encourage each other with the resurrection by loving one another well. Loving each other how Jesus commanded us to, how he showed and modeled for us. That's one way that we live in light, in, in effect of the resurrection. Encourage each other. Remind each other daily of this. Remind yourself daily of the fact that your Savior, the one that you live for, he lives. It, that is to be an encouragement to us. And that brings us joy and purpose. Just a couple questions uh, as we close. And I encourage you, go back and read this passage one more time. Just pray and read it all the way through. Um, I would encourage you to actually read it from verses 19 on to the end, or chapter 19, excuse me, on to the end. But a, a couple of questions for us is, how does... Jesus' resurrection encourage you? How does the fact that he encouraged you? And maybe, again, if you're at a place where you don't believe this, that's okay. Ask your own questions. Ask, do I believe this first? And then if I don't, why not? Right? Second, though, if you do believe this, how can we better remind ourselves and others of the resurrection? What are, what are the actual practical things that we can do in our lives that can remind and encourage each other about Jesus' resurrection? Um, I really mean it. This is a special passage, a special story. This is not just a fun story. This is the thing that changes everything for us. And so um, go back, read it again, be encouraged by it, and remind yourself daily of this.
Have a great week, guys.